Hi, welcome to Women in Consulting. I'm Janet, and in this podcast, I talk to amazing women who work in consulting around the world. We explore their consulting journey, the ups and downs, getting clarity, getting started, and getting clients. We delve deeper into the questions that women who want to work as a consultant are asking. And we're delighted to have you with us on this journey. Today, I am delighted to be speaking with Latoya Roberts. Latoya is a communications and youth development consultant. She's been working as a consultant for over 10 years and started young with ambition and purpose. In today's conversation, we learn how she got started, how she dealt with the rejections, and she has some great advice if you're just starting out. Latoya, thanks so much for joining me today on the Women in Consulting podcast. It's such a pleasure to get to talk to you and find out more about your path into consulting. I'm wondering, before we start, if you can let us know where you are in the world today. Well, it's a pleasure to chat with you today, Janet. And yes, I am all the way in Trinidad and Tobago, which is in the Caribbean. So I'm enjoying the sun right now. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. And then can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you're working on at the moment? Okay, sure. So for me, I've been involved in consulting, I will say, for about five years full time. And um, throughout the the period, my focus has been mostly on youth development and women and, and education but also with a strong emphasis on communication consulting, because that is my major background. And um, I think it's a nice mix and a nice blend for me. And presently, I am focused more on my communication, because I think that is something that is needed a lot in terms of communication strategy and um, communication consulting in, in a lot of NGOs, a lot of international NGOs, and general consulting work. So I've been focusing a little bit more on that lately. Mm-hmm. And so can we go back five years then, if you've been working in consulting for five years, what led you to choose to work in consulting in the first place? Was it a choice? I'm assuming it was a choice. Maybe it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) I think it just randomly developed. The thing is, I've been in youth movement and civil society work for maybe 15 years. I've always been a volunteer, always been a part of different um, NGOs in my country and also regionally and within the Global South. And for me, young growing up, when you always have these stakeholder consultation meetings and these people come and ask you a world of questions and get all your knowledge and information, and then you see they put out the wonderful reports and all that, I always wonder, you know, hmm, what is the process? How does this happen? How does it really impact my life? And I also felt at times I wasn't getting the impact. You attend all these meetings, all these stakeholder consultations, mm. and these people come and they just speech off to you with so much things and then it, it doesn't trickle down to the grassroots youth sometimes. So with that, I realized that I also wanted the voice to be both the perspective of somebody who's been in the struggle, who have been in grassroots movement and who've been in civil society, but also able to translate that to policy level documents, etc. So mm-hmm. as a result of that, that is really why I decided, you know what? I need to get more focused in consulting and and really be a bit more stronger when it comes to the documentation and policy of of the work. I love that. I love that. So you saw a real need, actually, to to ensure that um, that that your voice was actually heard 
in in these con consultations that were happening because um, I, I I feel that very much that often the results of of, of consultations don't trickle down. Um, and so how how did you go about finding your first client? Did you just wake up one day and go, all right, I'm on it? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, actually, my first client was actually um, UNFPA. And yeah. it was as a result of my work with youth movements, my work with civil society. Um, they needed some consultations done. And because I would have had experience and build a continuous partnership with them over the years, being a participant in their consultations, I guess it was no opportunity for me to now lead out one. Yeah, so that sounds like a quite a natural transition, actually. So they'd already yeah. been, so they already knew you and... And you sort of quite naturally stepped into that role. Is that right? Exactly so. And it turned out great. Yeah. How long was that first piece of work? I, it was about three months. It was about three yeah. months. And do you remember much about it? Was it, did you find it scary or was it, um, did you funny embrace, enough, embrace it all? <laughs> you know, funny enough, it wasn't that scary because I was familiar. The persons in the consultation were my peers. Um, it was persons that I've been working with for years. So I was very much aware of, of the work that they do. I was very much aware of the issues. It was just more about getting the consultations and then really mapping it down. On, on paper to, to present the, the real needs of, of the organizations and grassroots people. Mm -hmm. oh, that's brilliant. And then after you finished that one, was it, was it, did you find it easy to build up a pipeline of clients or how, how did that work for you? I think it was a natural transition into consultancy because then, you know, you have referrals and you have persons in the network. So that was great in terms of my local context in Trinidad and Tobago. But internationally, I just decided, you know, I'm going to start to apply for bids. I'm mm -hmm. going to reach out to things that are advertised. And a lot of my friends always like, wow, that's why you're really going and applying <laughs> for that. And I say, yeah, why not? Like, why yeah. not? It's, it's there. It's going exactly. to anybody to apply, right? They're like, nah. Yeah. They don't. They think that you know, basically, probably out of my reach and etc. Mm. But I, I am a person that if I see something and I want it, I'm gonna try. It's always good to have your application in. Better than if you didn't apply, you didn't try, then then there's no result out of that. So you know, from there, um, I really started to apply to a lot of consultancies not based in my country actually more within the global south mm -hmm. internationally and um, there were rejection letters many of those came yes especially when you're new in church and you you're now getting to really shock to your dear tenders right etc yeah. right but some organizations were really good some were blank you know Others will blank you, but they gave feedback as to where, where the gaps were and the strengths that they wanted to see in the proposal. Mm. It was also good for me just having interviews, um, getting into different persons' database and their systems. So that was a process. It took me about maybe two, three years of continuously applying to different stuff. Yeah. But um, eventually, one of the biggest breaks came for me was show. Um, not only myself, but a few of my friends, we decided to apply together as a team mm -hmm. for uh, international organization Civicus. 
based in South Africa, and we got that consultancy to really deliver to to co-design and launch a youth development um, program that targets grassroots youth. And that that project ran for a year, and it was really an eye opener to the, the whole possibilities that are available. I know a lot of time people want to start big, they want to get into the UN, they want to get into the World Bank, they want to get into IMF, but there are mm -hmm. so many other organizations out there doing great stuff. Oh, I could not agree more. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah, I just think and actually often I mean, I think the 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 work that you end up doing for smaller organizations is is actually more impactful and really interesting because you really almost get a chance to shape their direction and and really I I and I feel whenever we work with smaller organizations we get to to really help them so much um and you've yeah i i love it um and the, the conversations and 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 uh i guess communication that we have with them is really it's really special actually and especially if it goes on for a year you end up feeling like part of the team and now it's good it's really good that's excellent i love that yep so it was about building that relationship and that were, with that relationship, you know, other opportunities just kept coming, kept coming. You keep applying. Mm -hmm. And then, too, it was about me figuring out a bit of my niche because not everything. You know, when you're starting off, you're applying to everything because you're, you're testing the waters to <laughs> yes. see where you could fit. Yeah. You could yes. fit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was my next. That was one of my next questions, actually, was how do you decide um who your ideal client is you know I, because um i often feel that that we go through we do we do go through a phase of maybe applying for lots of different things and i think that we need to do that because we need to see where our skills and our passions meet the needs of the work that's out there and there's some sort of matchmaking that happens but how how do you decide now uh, what to filter out and what to keep in and what to apply for, how to, you know, how to choose your ideal client? Good question. So for me, um, I started off focusing a lot on youth development and, uh, and youth issues. And for me, I see that was a strong niche because a lot of the years of my experience within civil society has been based on a strong focus in youth. Mm -hmm. So that is where my core focus was because of the practical experience in youth. But also my studies and my training is actually in communications. Mm -hmm. That is what my first degree is in. So initially when I was applying, the focus was more on youth stuff. But then I realized that um, it doesn't make sense to just stick generic to youth, um, but actually blend my, my skills and the expertise of communication and strategic communication etc and for me i think that has been my really nice blend right now mm, i love but that, find, that yeah, sort but of transformation client, mm. yeah finding your ideal client i think it's kind of difficult to really map because there are times when i wanted to focus on just strictly clients based in the caribbean where i am but i i, I found the turnover for consultancies were a bit lower Mm -hmm. So I had to stretch my reach. And, uh, you know, these days I kind of market myself, focus on doing work in the global south. But then the irony of it is a lot of the organizations that fund projects in the global south, <laughs> they had co-designed in the global north. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So for me now, I think I'm just open to anything. Once I see the organization values and I see their strategy and I think it falls in line well with what I could deliver. 
um, I just go for it. Yeah, that's interesting that you you do look at the organizational values and and see where they're aligned with your own organizational values. I think that's so important because otherwise you can you can just end up in such a mismatch. Um, and I feel like we probably learn from those experiences as well. I was going to ask you um, just back to something you said earlier uh, about, you know, you applied for lots and lots of different things and then the rejection letters came in. How did you cope with that? Um, I didn't worry too much because I knew I was now starting off. I'm, I'm still young in my, in my, in my view. I'm, I'm really still young. So I, for me, it was a learning lesson because there were times where I wasn't even too sure what they wanted, but you just want to yeah. put your foot in anyways. You, you take that big risk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, take, you take that big risk. So there were, there were projects that I know at times, you know, you apply for where I, I, when I looked at the criteria, I'm like, mm, I'm not too sure, but I'm still going to give it a, a shot. Yeah. And um, the ones that I really, really wanted that I didn't get through, I didn't mind because I also saw it as preparation, preparation for something big. With every application, you know, you watch it, you tweak, and you just you just move on. So I wasn't sad at, um, too much at all about it because I also had other business ventures going on at the point in time. So I, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking that, okay, consultancy was like my full-time main, main two thing because it, it, it wasn't. So I, I was still in a comfortable place. But now as I grow and I develop the business, then I, I have now made it like my main full-time mm. job. I love the reframing there, Latoya, that you saw it not as rejection, but as uh, as preparation. That's brilliant. Because um, I think so, so some people can get very dejected by the, the rejection. Um, and, and especially if it's a piece of work that you really wanted, but actually reframing it into a, well, this is a preparation for something bigger and that each piece that you get rejected from, you really learn, especially if you get feedback, actually. Um, and you're right, you know, some organizations are rubbish at giving feedback, but I really appreciate actually when organizations take the time to reply, you know, and say, actually, you know, it's not quite what we were looking for, or here's something you could have put in your, you know, proposal that would have been better. Um, and, and that's really helpful. And I really like that. Um, and so do you, have you got a favorite piece of work that you can talk about briefly so far? And what made it your favorite? What did you really love about it? Um, I think this is a kind of bittersweet. And this <laughs> piece of work is actually one that I conducted um, last year during COVID because it was supposed to be a simple six-month project that stretched over like a year and something. Oh. And um, I think it, it now became my favorite piece of work because the context of the consultancy was really, really dear to me. It was about understanding the shrinking civic space for children and youth. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a 21-country evaluation based on one of Plan International programs. And um, at first, I, I got off really happy about it. And then COVID came. And when yeah. COVID came, I was like, oh, my, what am I going to do? How am I going to get this completed? Because the methodology totally changed because I couldn't have in-person visits anymore to the countries. The time change getting responses from participants really dwindled because everybody was so overwhelmed with COVID after when I was so frustrated about this consultancy I was like oh when is this gonna end so it was one of those hard challenges to me but it also showed how resilient I was 
to really mm-hmm. one be innovative to two being adaptive and really adjustable to suit the situation and three just you know just thinking okay this is not going to work out this way but seeing the strengths of the project and still bringing it to the end and eventually it turned out to be such a lovely piece of work oh, wow. <laughs> so oh, i'm really great? happy about that yeah yeah oh that is so good that you managed to turn it around because i think covid has affected us all so i mean so very differently um and just everybody kind of uh, this this feeling of okay we're going online and you know how we manage those that, that that kind of pivot that we all had to do i guess um particularly in the evaluation uh field you know where we're so used to going and 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 being face to face with people and that just wasn't possible or we had to figure out ways around it yeah that's really yeah that's really interesting and have you got um any any things that or any examples of projects that maybe didn't go I mean I guess that's one as well which has ended up being bittersweet um or any specific things that had that you think you could have done better uh or you know throughout the last five years when you've been working was there something that you know left you a bit unsettled or you know in reflection it would have been better to do something else is there anything like that you could share um I wouldn't say that um, I was unsettled because I, I definitely tried to complete my contracts. I have never had a contract that I've not completed. <laughs> <laughs> but I must admit there was one way I was doing something locally in my country with the, with the government. And I, I felt as if I could have done more. You know, sometimes, you know, as a consultant, there are these CRRs and the client has these bullet points as deliverables. But knowing within yourself that that two of these deliverables didn't really make sense, so you don't think it was the greatest oh, yeah. impact. Yeah. And um, maybe because that is what the client was paying for and that is all they wanted, I just delivered that. But mm. in hindsight, I realized, you know, after completing the project and delivering most of what they wanted, I felt as if there was a change. There was a change in management. And I just felt as if all the work that we put in really just went went flat it, it didn't it, it didn't really um had room or didn't really take space to implement and i think maybe within the strategy and discussing with with the team then we really should have put provisions in place to ensure that there was a smooth transition and there was smooth implementation i think mm. it would have it would have gone better for the impact of yeah. the work you really it's a really interesting point actually about how when we get terms of reference that uh, that seem okay to begin with, and then as you get into the consultancy, maybe there's exactly like you said, like there's one or two points which are just either not appropriate any longer or not relevant, or you can you can put something else in there which is ultimately going to be more useful to your client. And what do you do? in that in that situation do you go back and and talk to the client or do you just leave it and continue along the terms of reference what's your experience well the thing is certain organizations are very flexible and they're willing to change the term of reference others are very bureaucratic and i guess it's value for money and if they said xyz they expect you to complete xyz so i've had both both sides of the coin i've had clients who are willing to be flexible and adjust to suit the needs based on the recommendations because that is what you paid me to do anyway to help yeah, you exactly. develop and implement <laughs> something that is useful to you so I've had experiences of willing to 
do adjustments and, and changes. I've had that. Um, some adjustments and changes may affect the price. Um, but there are other, I've had other experiences where the client was very hardball. This is it in black and white and they're willing mm. to go this far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And then do you, do you, do you remain or are you attached to the outcome then? Or do you sort of accept that that's what they want and carry on? Or um, is that what you had to do? Um, for one, I just accepted what they wanted and carry on. But I, I did lay my case and I explained to them, like, I guess they just wasn't seeing it at the point in time. Maybe sometimes the organization is not there yet. Mm. or they, they're not seeing the, the long-term outcome, they're probably going in phases and maybe my man is in phase three, four, and five and they're probably only in phase one that has happened. Um, and at the end of the day, it's really about giving the client what they want. Even if you give them the recommendations and the options, they still need to decide what best works for them. So I've had cases where we just went back to what is in black and white, even though I know the alternative may have um, been more beneficial to them. Mm. Um, but there are also instances where I've had clients that revise or extend the contract, et cetera, to, to deal with the new recommendations given. Mm. Which is really helpful. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Wonderful. And then I was wondering if there was any any advice that you would give to someone who is just starting out on their consulting journey. Well, the first thing is that um, when you're a consultant, when you're an independent consultant, it's hard work because you're working for yourself. And um, it's one thing when you're attached to a larger company, etc. you don't feel the all the responsibilities and the weight of it. But when it's you in a room with your client and you um, have to explain to them what you're willing to offer, you really need to sell yourself. It's about you knowing what you could deliver to benefit the client, definitely, how you could really um, provide for their needs. I think that is really important. You need to be able to match what the client wants with what you have to offer. Secondly, I will say that there are so many opportunities out there. Um, for me, starting off consulting young, um, you know, sometimes a lot of young persons may think that they need to have the world of working experience first. They need to invest maybe 10, 15, 20 years in a company before they go out on their own. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't believe that is the trend that works now. I think a lot of organizations are looking for young, innovative persons who could really revolutionize the, the, the feel in, in wherever they're going. So, yes, I believe it's, it's matching years of experience but also about that creativity and that innovation so i i say if a young person just out of university two three years working experience and you want to get in consultancy please do it early don't wait until you accumulate over 10 20 years of experience to now be on your own i think they could work simultaneously mm, i love that that's great advice that's great advice um and uh, and where can people find out more about you and your work, Latoya? Sure. So um, you can check out my website. It's called LRT's Media and Business Solutions dot com. Mm -hmm. I'm also on social media, LRT's Media and Business Solutions. And you could also find me on social media by just searching my name, Latoya Roberts. Uh, you could find me there too. I'm very much visible online. And um, yeah, just reach out to me. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, 
the whole works. <laughs> the whole works. The whole works. I love that. Thank yeah. you so much. That's it's been a real pleasure um, talking with you and just finding out uh, a bit more about how you, you approach things and um, and so much of what you've said. I think is going to be so useful to our audience. So I really appreciate you taking the time today to speak with me. Thank you, Victoria. Thanks for joining me. I'll be back next time with another amazing woman who is carving out her very own path on this consulting journey.